What's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Jumpscare podcast. Uh, you're just listening to God Slayer by the band Rates, awesome band from Middlesbrough in the UK. You can check them out on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, they'll be dropping new material really soon. I'm your host, Jay, and always I am with my co-host, Coxie. Hello, guys. And also this week, for the first time on the Jumpscare podcast, we are with Beth. How are you doing, Beth? Hi. <laughs> right, Coxie, what's been going on, man? Um, well, surprisingly enough, I've been doing more reading than watching this week. You know, I've been work- I've been working a lot recently, so walking to work and walking home, I've been reading on my phone. Not keeping an eye on the roads? Not really, no. <laughs> you know, a couple of near accidents, but, you know, nothing to write home about. But, uh, yeah, I've been reading a lot more about... Um, I'm really looking forward to Insidious Chapter 3, and I've been reading a lot about that and, you know, what I, reading what people are expecting from it and stuff. But uh, I watched a couple of films, The Innocent. Uh, the Lodge, you know, not made, not mainstream films, but the, uh, I enjoyed both of them, you know, so they are worth checking out. Okay, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Okay. Uh, mentioned before that you caught a little bit of Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania. Oh yeah. What did you think? It was, you know, it was a little uh, post-WrestleMania Raw, wasn't it, you know what I mean? You'd expect the Seth Rollins to be jet-lagged, as he said. His foot hurt. His foot hurt, yeah. J&J security, you know, backing him up as always, but... Brock Lesnar was the beast as usual, so yeah, it was pretty enjoyable. I mean, um, I didn't like the way that they, they they've already set up Extreme Rules. I don't want Randy Orton, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins again. I'm not really into that. You know, give it um, give it to Dolph Ziggler or Daniel Bryan, maybe. An IC and a world champion. Unify the titles. All school. Yeah, why not? Okay, okay. Uh, this week we're going to be reviewing Eli Roth's Clown mm-hmm. for our main review. Uh, we'll also be discussing some weekly news, Ash vs. Evil, Dead, Insidious, Poltergeist remake and more. We'll also be talking about what we watched during the week, answering some fan questions and announcing the winner of our Bloodborne competition. Um, first off, let me say, send out a big thank you. We've hit over a thousand followers on Twitter now. Um, we're averaging 100 a day still, which is brilliant. Um, we've also hit 200 downloads on our first podcast. We didn't even think we'd hit double digits, never mind triple. So, so big, big thank you Thanks for all very that. Much for that. Everyone who's downloaded us, everyone who's listened to us, and everyone who's followed us on Twitter. Uh, give us your feedback on Twitter or on iTunes. We are now on iTunes. Um, and you can also give us a like on Facebook and Instagram at JumpscareUK. Uh, and on Twitter at Jumpscare UK as well. Okay, uh, moving on to our clown review, directed by John Watts, starring Laura Allen, Eli Roth, and Peter Stormare. We've got a clip, so let's take a listen. Okay, so that was a clip to Clown, and the synopsis is, a loving father finds a clown suit for his son's birthday party, only to realise the suit is part of an evil curse that turns its wearer into a killer. Guys, what do you think of Clown? Coxie? Well, to be honest, when I first read about it, it was uh, really excited, you know, when I found out that Eli Roth had attached himself to it to produce, and was also going to start in it at some point in the film, I thought, you know, this is a film which has got the potential to be really, really brutal, you know, with the whole killer clown and, you know, Eli Roth attaches himself to anything that's going to cause controversy. So, yeah, I was really looking forward to it. And if I'm honest, 
the film was kind of a letdown. Okay. It was a letdown. I mean, the potential it had. I mean, I, mean, I, I think I went into it expecting Stephen King's it. Beth? Um, well, I first saw the trailer and the poster and got a bit excited. Then I found out Eli Roth was doing it. <laughs> Not a big fan of Eli. No, no. Curtin no. Tarantino should stop being as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was going to be brutal, obviously, because it's Eli Roth. But it, to be honest, I thought it was boring for a lot of it. I think he got lost in the story of it, tried to make it a lot more meaningful than it is. Yeah, yeah. And then I think that's where he goes wrong. I don't he was trying to make it they, more they made it intelligent. Too, they, yeah, they made it too complicated when they started talking about the mythology. <laughs> the the <scandal>. clown. <laughs> <laughs> the Scandinavian myth, myth tale of the demon Cloyne who used to feast on children. I mean, yeah, yeah it's a good story, but you know, the, the, the film didn't need to be complicated yeah. at all. It is what it is. It's a killer clown going after children. Exactly. Well, I thought it started off reasonably funny. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it was hilarious or anything like that. <laughs> um, but for such a ridiculous concept, it does take itself far too seriously. Uh, and as you've mentioned, especially when it goes into the demonic folklore in the latter acts. Yeah. Um, although, just gauging people's reaction online, a lot like clowns, I've noticed a lot of people hate this film, but a lot of people seem to love it as well. Obviously, Eli's got a big, big cult following out there. Um, but talking about taking itself too seriously, I much preferred Stitches, the, uh, the UK film with Ross yeah. Noble in it. I don't know. I know Beth, you've seen it. Coxie. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen it. I caught that on Netflix, and that—that that is what this film should have been. It yeah. should, it's you know, for a horror film, yeah, it should have been. It should, it should be fun. Exactly, it's like yeah. a black comedy. Exactly. Well, like like Stitches again wasn't a great film, but at least it, it was enjoyable. It, it, it was enjoyable, and it didn't take itself too too seriously, uh, and it you know it was fun. It was a black comedy, um, but you know as as you said with with Eli. He, he loves to stir up a bit of controversy mm. and things can get a bit too dark, especially when you're talking about a killer clown. I mean, yeah, you know, we'll be talking about it as well later on, but um, the costume design t- took a lot of inspiration from uh, John Wayne Gacy, I thought. It's true, yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's... It was like it was trying to... T- to, st- to, to be half in reality with that aspect of it, you know, conjuring up thoughts about about John Wayne Gacy, mm-hmm. uh, the serial killer who you know attacked and killed kids. As far as I know, he's not a serial killer that I've got too much knowledge on. Um, he did like to dress as a clown. He did, yeah, yeah. He dressed as a clown, yeah, and you know, on one aspect, it, it's like grounded in reality with that, but then on the other hand, you just start throwing in demonic folklore. It's like it did, it, like I say, it got too complicated, but also it did have its comedy sides as well. I mean, you know, when he's realising he can't get the clown suits, like the nose and the wig off, he starts using power tools yeah. to try and cut it off, and which is like, you know, it was it was quite funny that. But um, the film does get dark towards the end. It, it does, does get really, does. really dark. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was speaking to a guy on Twitter about it when I was, I was isolated it on Twitter because I wasn't a fan, and he was talking to me about... I said I was expecting it to be a bit more controversial considering Eli Roth was a part of it and this guy just came at me talking about what's more controversial than a guy just as a clown chasing kids it's it's a borderline paedophilia exactly yeah there is 
sorry to uh, to get the yeah, get sorry, episode two deep. off to it's a bit of a very, dark dark. This uh, is deep. Yeah, but there is paedophilic undertones. Um, then you get that with nightmare though. Just shut us down. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't like one pedo. No, but yeah, there, there is. But if you if you ask a lot of people a lot of sane people they're going to enjoy the Nightmare original mm-hmm. more than the the remake where yeah the original uh, it was it was hinting at that you know um, the the uh, as far as I know I think that was in the original script that he was going to be a child molester but some big case near the time forced was to uh, to change it to child killer like yeah. that's much better but then with the remake that went more it, it cemented it into the paedophilia yeah, and a lot of people Rejected it for other reasons, but that was also a main f- a main element of why they I didn't like it. I think Freddy versus Jason, they actually made him look more of a paedophile when he was licking the back of photos and putting them into photo albums. You know, in the, you know, like the like the story. I know that you do that all the time, though. Yeah, it's on Instagram. You know, twenty fifteen <laughs> now, but stop it, girls. If you're following him on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, that's Dean Cox. <laughs> Be careful. Um, no, but totally. I mean, Eli Roth. Uh, obviously, I, I was saying a lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. I know Beth's one of them. Um, but he, you know, he, with a lot of his films, you want to just kick back and enjoy the enjoy the the gore element. You know, Cabin Fever again. Not a great film, but it's not Hostile. controversial in that sense. It's just a yeah. bit of fun. I'll give him a bit of something for this one, though. At least he did try with this one. He made a bit of an effort to put a story in it, but I think that's just that's really fails for me. Yeah. It's just a one trick. He thing. shouldn't do that. He, that's he, true. He should stick. To, he should stick to his strengths, and you know his films. <laughs> Everybody watches his films. No, no storylines. Just watch it for one reason, and it's just to see how how much further he's willing to take it to be more controversial. You know, Hostel One. I don't think this is quite as in your face controversial. No. You know, with the likes of Hostel, it's there for everyone to see mm-hmm. but if you delve a little bit into this t- there is some 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 dark elements to it um i'll give it this out the the uh, the makeup effects great yeah the, you know, the makeup yeah. was great um, obviously eli had to put himself in there at the end as the clown when he was he was fully transformed That's one thing i couldn't understand the guy who throughout the whole film throughout the transformation stage plays him and then eli roth play- i think it's i think it's like it's the full transformation into the coin then isn't it so that's what Eli, yeah. Eli Roth is, the actual demon cloin. Is it cloin? You've called this thing, like, about six different nicknames. Yeah, it's cloin, the demon cloin, yeah. I thought you were calling him Bozo or something. Before. No, that's Gumbo. Gumbo's the, the guy who's, that's the dad's name for the right, clan. Right, okay, so okay. The, the demon cloin from the Scandinavian okay, mythology okay. is actually called cloin. Okay. But he was we'll give you that then. Uh, well, I mean, obviously we've got a lot of news and stuff to talk about. Is there much more you want to talk about with clown? I mean... I'd just say to anybody who hasn't seen it going in, don't be going into it expecting big things from it. You know, it's it's not Stephen King's it. I think it'd be a good gateway horror though. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it'd be in it. You know, it, it's it's. I wouldn't say I wouldn't like give it like a really low rating. I'd give it like maybe two and a half out of five, two and a half stars out of five. But, okay. But I wouldn't go into it expecting big things. It is what it is, and just you know, let us know what you think of it. Beth, anyone, anything else you want to say on on Clown? Um, not that I can no. think of. No, no. I just switched to the music. Okay. Right then, guys. Um, final rating out of five stars? Two and a half. Two and a half? Yeah. Beth? One and a half. One and a half? Oof. Ooh. Critical. <laughs> oh. 
I'm stuck on this one. I don't want to. I, I don't like giving half stars. Um, just give it a one then. I'll give it a one. I'm definitely not going to give it a one. <laughs> I'm, I'm edging between a two and a three. Do you know what? I'm going to give it a three. No, I'm not. I'm really? going to give it a two. I'm going to give it a two. I'm, I'm usually pretty harsh on me rating this show. I'm going to keep it that way. I'll give Eli Roth's clown. Gets two stars from me. Two and a half from Coxie. Yep. And one and a half from Beth. The... Uh, the new new host coming in hard. People there. are going to be scared to send out the <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Next up, we've got some news. Okay, guys. Moving on to some news. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week. First up is the new Poltergeist poster and trailer. Uh, Poltergeist remake coming out in May. Directed by Gil Keenan, who done Monster House and City of Ember. Starring Sam Rockwell, Rosemary DeWitt and Jared Harris. What were we thinking? No. No? <laughs> Not looking forward to it at all. I mean... I wasn't a major fan of the original, and I mean, there were certain things of the film that I liked, you know, but um, when I found out it was given a PG-13 rating, it just wasn't for me. I mean, I, I wanted this to be a more frightening, you know, 18 certificate, I wanted this to be given. Wow. Going pro, you know, give it a proper... The original wasn't even... No, it wasn't. The, uh, what was it? 15? 15. 15. Yeah, 15. Yeah. So I thought they might make it a bit more rootless, you know, yeah. you know, but... What I've been more interested in is reading about, you know, these like like stories, stuff happening on the set again. You know the way they did in the original. Oh, the yeah, curse, the, the yeah. curse. That's yeah. what I've, I've been more interested in reading about that than actually watching the trailer and reading about the, the remake of Poltergeist. So yeah, that's that's my opinion on it. I'm not looking forward to it. So not a fan of the original. No. Not looking forward to the remake. No. All right, Beth. I like the original, but I think I might just have kind of nostalgia goggles on because it was one of my first horror films I ever seen, and it okay. that little clown terrified me. <sighs> but that's what I think it did with most people. Like they made proper emphasis on that clown. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, maybe that's what you lie off why people love it because you get those people who are scared of clowns, don't you? Chlorophobia. Oh. <laughs> Big word of the day. <laughs> actually, I actually, actually checked in. That's, that's that reading coming in handy for you. Chlorophobia. The fear of what? Pirates. That would be a good film, wouldn't it? Chlorophobia. That's what it is. Oh, don't see the double bill with arachnophobia. Clown suit, even more chlorophobia. That's all we need. Um, so, are you looking forward to the remake then, Beth? Um, I'm obviously going to see it regardless. I'm not really looking forward to it. I think it, it, it was going to get remade at some point because yeah. they've remade everything and a lot of people have, like I said, look, most people's our age have seen Poltergeist was probably one of our first horror films. So If the town that dreaded Sundown got a remake, then Poltergeist surely going to get a remake. It's yeah. It's going to it's gonna make money, you know, people, you know, like Beth says, people with nostalgia are going to go and see it to see what, what they've done with it and that, you know, so it's going to make money regardless, but I'm per- I'll go and see it, but I'm not look. I'm not going in there expecting anything from it with a PG-13 rating. Well, I, for one, I'm, uh, I'm actually quite looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Um, recently watched The Hole uh, by Joe Dante, which is 
uh, I'd say an edgy kid's horror. I think it came out in 2011, 2012, yeah, yeah. which is, uh, I didn't get a chance to see it when it was in cinemas, but I did, in fact, work in the cinema whilst it was out. Uh, obviously, I don't, don't work there anymore. Um, but much like The Dark Knight, uh, we, were, we were getting kids, you know, going in to see it. It was a 12A. Um, over here, so that'd be a PG thirteen if I'm not mistaken in, in America, uh, and we were getting kids going in with the parents and then running out about half an hour in, uh, and the parents kicking off at us because uh, you know it was it was it was a bit too too creepy, a bit too uh, bit too terrifying, and and it looks like that. You know, I, I'm not a massive Poltergeist fan. I didn't grow up with it, as I mentioned to you last week. Um, a couple of the, the horror films that got me into the genre, you know, Jaws, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dracula, things like that. Um, and when it did get round to see the Poltergeist, because obviously it's such this a massive, massive staple in the horror genre, I think I, I, I was expecting something else. And since then I've tried to rewatch it with more of a of a uh, PG thirteen yeah. angle, I suppose, you know, not expecting a horrific, horrific film. Obviously, it's by Toby Hooper, but I think we can all see how much influence Spielberg had yeah. on that film. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna, gonna give it a go. Um, I know we've been having talks with, hopefully, going to a, going to a talk, a screening of that. Yeah. If things can get get sorted, which would be good. So we'll be able to get a review to to everyone before. I think the following Poltergeist got was based on. You know the documentaries where you know like all the spooky things that were going on in the set, similar to The Exorcist and stuff like that. I think that's why I got such a big following because of that stuff. You know, the do- I think I enjoyed the documentaries more than like, the actual film, if I'm honest. Yeah. So obviously, on top of that case, uh, you know, the yeah. studio case or whatever it is as well, we had yeah. the, uh, the 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 big story of unfortunately the girl as well, Caroline. Uh, Caroline. Caroline. Um. Which you know obviously cemented itself into pop culture as well, um, yeah. but you no, know, I mean you've you've I can understand why people love it. I'm just not one of them. I can understand the outrage at the remakes. Again, I'm just not one of them. It um, might surprise me, you know. I'll I'll go and watch it. It might surprise me. I might come out, you know. It might be because I did enjoy the whole by Joe Dante. I did enjoy that. So yeah, it might surprise. I wasn't expecting much from that, and I enjoyed that. So I might go into Poltergeist, and I might enjoy it. I think it's with these remakes. They never like do an exact remake. They always do a new little twist little or a new spin. little yeah spin mm-hmm. on it. So that'd be interesting to say. Like yeah. having flat screen. Yeah, TVs flat screen. With yeah, we pointed out with analog. You don't get on digital TVs. That's <laughs> all analog. Skill. At least there's no connecting it. We'll see what it has to offer anyway, you know. It's I think it's out in May. May. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see what we'll see what it has to offer. Hopefully we'll we'll be able to catch that a couple of weeks before and uh, give you our thoughts on that beforehand, which yes. I'm sure it will be our main main review for an episode coming up soon. Okay. Uh moving on to the It remake. Uh, we've just got word that the It remake Directed by Kari Fukunaga, who done uh, some episodes of True Detective. The whole first season. Oh, it's the whole first the whole season. First season. Okay. Um, hopefully, you won't let us down at the end again. No. Like True Detective. Yeah. Uh, it's going to start filming in New York in June. Um, last we heard, Carrie couldn't find an actor to play Pennywise, 
uh, as well as Tim Curry showing our fan questions today. We've actually got a fan question uh, asking who we think will be or should be playing the role as Pennywise. But for now, are we excited? But yeah, yeah. I'm a, I love the I love the original TV two two episodes uh, adaptation of the book. Tim Curry is absolutely outstanding. I thought that you know if if the if Carrie Fukin, I was excited when I found out Carrie Fukin was getting it. If he gets it with the same dark films yeah. are in the same dark yeah. colors as True Detective, I think this the has got. I think this has got massive potential to be one of the horror films of the year. Wow. Okay. Big statement. I mean, obviously, True Detective, one of the best yeah, series in the last yeah. couple of years. Um, I did think it. That I was just expecting a bit more of an epic finale. Yeah. I suppose what we got yeah. was a bit more of a realistic finale. Yeah, that's what I mean. I suppose. I think with this film, what we what, what we got to expect is I I don't think this film needs like a big superstar cast. Okay. I think you know give it like you know. Well, it's it's already a huge name, isn't it? Yeah, so mid like mid card actors would be great for this. I think you know. I I mean I've seen this thing on the internet the other week, the dream cast, and it was like Tom Hardy. Uh, the guy from the OC. I don't we know that this this type of film doesn't need that. The guy with the eyebrows. What's I don't name? even know his name. I think he's in the new Sandy film. in the OC. He's in, he's in Gotham. Now he's playing Jim oh, Gordon yeah, in Gotham. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. This film doesn't need a big name to attract people to watch it. It's gonna make money. People are gonna watch it because of how good the original was. Yeah. Beth, you looking forward to it? Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the original. I like Tim Curry's performance, but I think the main reason I don't like the original is the ending. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd <laughs> uh, be interested to see if they keep the same dirty spider. I think what I've read now, Carrie Fukunaga has actually been quoted saying he's going to stick more to the book. Yeah. yeah. It. It's going to be actually more violent and more brutal. Exactly. The book, the clown, Pennywise, is absolutely... Re- re- unrelentless, like he just <laughs> he's just unstoppable, and if I, th- I think if it, if the zoos do like the book, I mean, I think it'll be a bit, it will be controversial, yeah. you know, because yeah, I think I don't think they'll show many scenes of kill- kids getting eaten alive and stuff like that. By the way, we all fall. But I think it will be. A, I think it'll be a bit more violent and bloody than the original. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Actually, I, I'm not a massive it fan. I mean, I, I watched it as a kid, yeah. as I'm sure we yeah. all did, you know. Uh, and I enjoyed it for what it was, but I think it could have been so much more. Beth, as you were saying, uh, obviously Tim Tim Curry's performance is fantastic. The ending is f- terrible. <laughs> Um, that is the only yeah. but uh, yeah with the, the more violent side um, I've, I've heard rumours that it's going to be two films but I'm not too sure I obviously it's not. a massive book I hope not if we can compact it into one film I think it's going to be really solid um, you know a bit of a, a grittier edge um, I prefer it as a TV series I you prefer do? it in free slots I like yeah the TV series was great I mean the first the first part in the TV series with the, when they were going back to, to Maine when they were kids yeah. that I is that, that is good I don't, I don't, not so much when they were adults but I think if they just started from when the Definitely not just, when they were adults, yeah. You know, keep it as the, when they were kids, fighting Pennywise, you know, fighting the fears and stuff like that. All that when they go to adults, it just lost a bit, lost a bit in this part too. Too flashbacks. Yeah. Front of shapeshifting. Yeah, if yeah. If it's but, done right. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I personally liked the Pennywise, like tormenting the kids through like the visions and stuff like that. You know that part one for me was superb. Part two. Lost it a bit, like you say, the ending, just like, like what's going on here, where did the spider come from? <laughs> you know? 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait for it. Seriously, can't wait. Them. I am really excited. I think it starts filming in May or June. Well, yeah, uh, New Is York it? in June. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't wait for it. I just can't wait for the cast to be released to see who's actually going to be playing Pennywise. That's pressure, isn't it? It is. I just hope they don't CGI him. What is it with these oh. clowns making big, uh, big performances for themselves? Hiya, Georgie. You know? <laughs> that was the best line in that film. You, know, you got the Joker as well, another... another uh... People love clowns. <laughs> clowns. I don't know how anyone can not like clowns. Maybe that's why Eli Roth shoved himself into the role. Yes. Sorry, oh, Eli. <laughs> uh, right, some of our newest news... Uh, I think it just came out yesterday, mm-hmm. or maybe the day before. Um, it's the Ash versus the Evil Dead graphic poster. Uh, it's going to be the new uh, Stars original series. We don't have Stars here in the UK, so I'm not quite sure about the quality of their programming. I'm sure it's not HBO, but it's going to be starring Lucy Lawless, Jill Marie Jones, and Mr. Bruce Campbell. The fantastic Bruce Campbell. Groovy. Um. So, the synopsis for this is going to be Ash has spent the last 30 years avoiding responsibility sounds a bit like Bruce Campbell's real life (laughs) maturity (laughs) and the terrors of the evil dead is this a documentary? (laughs) (laughs) Until a dead-eye plague threatens to destroy all of mankind and Ash becomes mankind's only hope hopefully with his boomstick Step up, Bruce (laughs) Coxie? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun it's going to be fun I'm, I'm, I'm... Pretty psyched for this. I'm not gonna lie. I hope they, I hope they keep it as like you know fun, like the original Evil Dead. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. The Army of Darkness by the sounds of it, isn't it? Yeah. The Dead Eye Plague. The Army of Darkness. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait for it. You know, what I mean, it's just one of those things. You get, there's not too much you can actually say about it. It's just everybody who's a horror fan is going to be looking forward to watching yeah, it. It's just going to be fun. Everyone. Like if it's if it's gonna be like to watch say ten thirteen episode ten and thirteen episodes. I assume so, yeah. Yeah, you know, every week you're gonna be looking forward to watching it just for just to yeah. spend an hour having a having a laugh and just watching Well it'll be Bruce coming Campbell out mess it, some zombies up. We know it's coming out in twenty fifteen. Um I haven't been able to pin down an exact month, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's gonna be around October well, time. I looked on IMDB the other day and you know, obviously they're not as up to date as like most websites, but it said they've already filmed two episodes. Okay. So, but there's probably I reckon there's probably the first season been filmed now, or they're just finishing up now. If they're going to start airing it soon in the US, yeah, okay. Just uh, hopefully it's not going to be going up against the Walking Dead. Obviously, the Walking Dead's got a new spin-off show, but the Walking Dead's in my bad books at the moment. Um, I know you guys it. don't watch it, but just just quickly, the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's been off the boil. Um, I know I know that the the finale done really good. And this, it's the number one show on cable. Yeah. I think it's the number one rated um, series opening and series finale ever mm-hmm. on cable. So that's going to keep going. You can't blame them for starting a spin-off series, but it's just gone off the boil a little bit for me. Um, I just I was I was actually going to start watching it, but then there was like anybody who's anybody was watching it, you know, yeah. and it's just. You know, just a bit of, you're like a hipster horror. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Same, I I'm, just I'm, like I'm, I'm too cool to watch The Walking Dead now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the first time I've ever heard Dean Cox and cool in the, the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beth, you're looking forward to Ash vs. The Evil Dead? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think... I don't think it needs to be done, but it'll be a bit, a bit of fun. I think Sam, Sam Raimi's got something to do with this. Um, he's pushed it forward. I know he was he was looking for an Evil Dead four as well as a Did remake he? sequel and this series as well. 
So. Did he do have anything to do with the new film? Because that was terrible. Oh, that's something for another day, that. I don't, I Beth doesn't like the I Evil Dead remake. I know me not. and Coxie we love the Evil Dead remake. <laughs> did you, did you, did you say it was awful? Did you think it was genuinely good and not so bad? It's amazing. Oh. That's what I thought it was. It was blood it was everywhere. Just so yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, that's it. It was funny, but you just like, you know, you seriously don't think that was a good film. Yeah, it was. I mean, you've got, you've got, your, you've got your original Evil Dead, which is fun. This one was just an all out gore fest. Yeah, but a lot it was of Easter eggs, a lot of fun service. I think it was trying to make it scary, the but it wasn't. The ending was, was absolutely amazing. The ending was absolutely amazing. Guys, let us know on Twitter what you think about the evil. <laughs> Don't worry, she's not going to be on this every week. I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was a good film. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he needs to get over that. Uh, okay, <laughs> last bit of news. For this week, uh, the new Insidious Chapter Three poster. Yes. Uh, Insidious Chapter Three going to be directed by Lee Wannell. Yeah, he's the guy who plays Specs, and he's, he's he's actually wrote. I think he wrote the first and second one with James Wan. This is going to be his first film directed, though. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he's it's going to be starring Dermot Mulroney, yeah. Stephanie Scott, and Angus Sampson. Uh, it's going to be a prequel set before the haunting of the Lambert family that reveals how gifted psychic Elise Rayner reluctantly agrees to use her ability to contact the dead in order to help a teenage girl who's been uh, targeted by dangerous supernatural entity. Cox, you know you're a big, big fan of yeah. the Insidious series. What are we thinking? Yeah, well, you know, the trailer, the trailer looks like it's going to be full of uh, cheap scares. You know, obviously, what you're going to... What you've come to expect from the Insidious films, uh, with Lee Wannell directing, I'm hoping he can like put his own mark on it. You know, not like pull away from what James Wan done with the original two. Um, what I what I, what I can't understand it. It's a it's a prequel. Now Lynn Shea, who plays Elise mm-hmm. in the film, it, it teases that she sees the lipstick face demon at the end of the second one. It does, yeah. But obviously, cause she's 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 dead in the, in the second one. Isn't she? She's like a spirit. So if this is going to be a prequel, how are we actually going to see lipstick face, or is it going to be more demons from the further who are actually going to be tormenting the girl? Well, I hope so because, in all honesty, I think that, that character was one of the redeeming, um, demon qualities of the first film. I thought that's what the f- actual film, the actual series, was going to be about. Yeah, lipstick, the main protagonist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I thought myself. Um, I mean, I I loved. The first Insidious up until they the went into the... 15, yeah, 20 minutes. And yeah. then it just went totally off the boil. Well, they, they used a lot of CGI um, yeah. in the last I went 15 to, minutes. I went to the, see the second one in cinemas and I thought that the tone of the film totally changed and it seemed cheap. Everything mm. from the way it was shot, the makeup, it just seemed cheap. I think the second one was rushed because the, the fans were demanding a second one really quick and I think that's a major problem with certain horror fans this day, like this day and age that they want the second one to be put out there straight away you know you got to give you're the director of the insidious fan club aren't you yes <laughs> but i think that's the problem now you know you've got if yeah it, it, i think it looked it looked a bit rushed insidious yeah. too because i don't i don't i think james one said he only ever wanted to do insidious one he only yeah. wanted to do one film and he got and he got obviously james one also said that the conjuring was going to be his last horror film though, didn't he? and now he's doing the conjuring too oh, money 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 cha-ching money nice one james <laughs> but yeah he's, yeah he's doing enter the the Enfield Poltergeist, isn't he? Yeah, he but, is, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, um, you know what? 
Insidious 3, you know, I'm going into it because I'm a fan of the Insidious films. I'm going into it, you know, and I'm going to... I'll enjoy it either way. Because I, like, okay. I like the idea of the fear there and all that, what different types of demons it can throw at you and that. So, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm just... I'm just... I'm sick of the paranormal now, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the... <sighs> Let's get back to the the, the the 80s and the 90s. I You know, I was thinking the other day, I haven't seen a good slasher character in a good while. Um, Girl House, uh, for anyone Girl who's House seen Girl House, the, the, really, the, the slasher character that. in that was brilliant. It was a mix that. between, like, leather you face. know, Leatherface, a Slipknot character, and the film wasn't totally up to par, but that character, the way he was, he was portrayed was excellent and I wanna see more of that. I love me slasher films. Um but I'm I'm kinda sick of this whole, you know, exorcism, haunting thing now. Um The Conjuring was one of the, the only films in the last couple of years to do it well in my opinion. Uh Beth, you looking forward to Insidious? I'm not the biggest insidious person but I stopped watching the first one up to a saw the lipstick face because I was like, is, is that what I'm supposed to be scared of? So I turned to that. <laughs> um, I started watching the second one and... Star Wars like... fans were scared of him when he was in episode one. The Darth Maul. <laughs> he ruined the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going? Um, yeah, the, the second one was the same. The first half was okay and then I think I fell asleep. The what, one. what I liked about the Insidious 3 trailer, what I, I like, he's, like what Lee Wannell's done, whether he's took uh, the song, tipped over and he slowed it right down, it sounds... Hell of oh, a lot yeah. more creepier, you know. The when they when they used it That's in a big it, selling point to that franchise, isn't it? It was. I can't think of the guy who actually sang it, but um, Tiny Tim was. Tiny it? Tim, yeah. He, 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 I mean, the song's creepy. I mean, but to slow it right down, tiptoe. I, I think it just set the trailer off the street. And I thought you were going to give us a song then. No, not today. <laughs> yeah, going to come to Renshaw's. Mean karaoke. I think the I, I like the trailer. You know, but uh, I think I think it is going to be what I think it's going to be full of cheap scares. You know what I mean? If you when, if you go and watch it, be prepared for like every every girl in the cinema screaming every time a ghost pops its head round the corner. Excuse me. Sorry, what are you, <laughs> are you going to give this one out one and a half stars out of five? Are you? Say, but I don't <laughs> can't tar every girl with a jump scare brush. Oh, we're getting into feminism. <laughs> that's, when, a, that's for another well, I don't podcast. Know, what is the actual release date for Insidious Chapter 3? Uh, June. June, yeah, yeah. Can't wait for it. Excellent. Okay. Uh, well, that's everything for news. Um, we are going to move on to what we watched. We'll be right back. Okay guys, moving on to what we watched. Um this week we watched a couple of couple of classics, a couple of foreign films, and of course, as always, Coxie watched a couple of his B movies. Yeah. Coxie? Yeah, um I caught a couple this week. Uh, the first one that I watched, I watched it on Tuesday night, it was a film called The Innocent. Basically followed the story followed a girl going home to a child home, which is like a mum and dad had just died, so she inherited the home, and it's a typical film where the, it's out in the middle of nowhere, right. similar to like it, like picture the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre setting. Okay. She's she drove home, stopped off at a, like a rest stop, you know, 
you're going back to this house, that house has had trouble for years. And yeah. Basically, she goes in the house, spends a couple of nights there, strange strange things start happening, and then she starts becoming a sort of locked in a battle with her fears and a it's like a, it's like a, it's like a ghost of a, a young boy who tormented her as a child trying to bring her home. It had like a similar feel similar feel to like the pact and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was expecting something like not like the the end of what the pact had. But you know, it was a, it was a pretty decent watch, you know, and um, for a B movie, you know, with such a small budget, it actually did have a couple of decent spots in the movie which, you know, could could be considered memorable, you know, for for such a small budget film. So yeah, I would rec- I would recommend if you if you come across it, I mean it's not gonna have a big wide release on D V D Blu ray, you know. Just like if you come across it in a second hand shop or, you know, if you're in a like a, like a shop, it's, it, I got it for ninety nine pence and as the you know, but it, I would recommend it. Okay. Uh, I also caught the lodge, which I said I was going to watch on the last podcast, and it was actually, you know, pretty average. But typical, the storyline was just basically what the storyline said. It was a um, guy and a girl go away, spend a, a weekend in a lodge, romantic weekend. The next thing you know, the caretaker turns out to be a homicidal mania. <laughs> you know, so, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, you know, so. That's that, that. There's not much really I can say about that film. It's just you know very average, you know. But you know, you watch what you expect. So is it just those three characters, or yeah, just throughout the whole film? Yeah. Oh, oh no, there's a girl who has no meaning in the story whatsoever. Just appears every now and again. Just get killed. You, no, you never, you never find out no. what this girl is. You know, it's just like she's just there for the sake of it. You never actually find out who she is, what she is, what meaning she has to the story. Okay. I mean, what you. I didn't expect much for 50 pence, like, so, you know. 50 but, pence, these are getting cheaper and cheaper. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? I still got to get these off the shelves. Um, the other one that I watched was The Fear 2. It was a sequel, obviously, to The Fear, Halloween Night, which is about a group of teenagers getting together uh, in a remote, remote cabin in the woods, and basically the plan on Halloween Night is to dress what they, dress as what they, what they fear. Right. And the guy, the main, like, the main protagonist in the film, he is fear... His dad was a serial killer, right? And his fear is he wants to get rid of the memories, cleanse himself, cleanse himself. So they they have this like big wooden wooden guy made, which is meant to like exercise demons and fears from you. But all of a sudden, it had like a lot of a lot of like similarities to it. Old Chief Woodenhead from Creepshow too, right? Where like classic, it comes alive, and it turns out that basically what it is, this guy's dad, his like. Soul has somehow gotten into this old like wooden fella and he just starts killing people. It's fun. To, it was fun to watch. You know what I mean. I actually can't remember where I bought that from. I just found it in a box under my bed the other day. So I thought I'll give it a watch and let's see what happens. Oh but, my gosh. You know what I mean. It, it, it was an enjoyable film, but it you know it did rip off a lot of old chief Woodenhead from Creepshow too. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, well, I've I've only watched the two this week. Uh, but I can talk a fair bit about both of these. They're both on different ends of the scales, really. Uh, the first film was The Fly. Uh, I probably don't need to, to tell you all this. Obviously directed by David Cronenberg. Starring Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis and John Getz. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what can I say that hasn't already been said about this film? I'm sure 99.9% of you out there have seen this film. And if not, go go and watch it right now Superb. Um, so the basic outline is uh, Seth Brundle is an inventor he's played by Jeff Goldblum uh, meets Gina Davis at a science expo I'm guessing 
uh, and invites her back to his lab to show her his telepods. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> um, <laughs> where he's able to transport inanimate objects. Um, and he wants to write her, uh, wants her to write a book uh, and then with him teleporting himself, you can only do it with non-living tissue. Um, he does try it with a baboon, ends up turning the baboon inside out. I also uh, read up uh, a scene about this. I think it was um, in a, a Canadian showing, uh, and the scene ended up being cut where he fuses a baboon and a cat together using the telepods and uh, ends up beating the animal to death with... Uh, like a lead pipe, and uh, it was met with you know adversity from the from the screening crowd, and uh, basically they, yeah. they couldn't feel any sympathy for Goldblum after that. So so they they, they cut that out. Um, but anyway, as he ends up teleporting himself, um, a fly gets caught in the opposing telepod, telepod, and uh, slices their DNA together. Yeah, and from there on out, it's. You know, I was I was speaking to Beth about this. I'm not sure what was the first body horror. Um, I don't know whether it was this or I suppose well, I suppose you could you could call you know the original um, fly was a body horror as well in, yeah. in some capacity. But for me, this is the Chrome, seminal body Chrome horror. Body, body horror similar to that, which was Slither. Was it Slither? Yeah, Slither. Slither was Cronenberg's first film. Yeah, that was after, that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think this is you know this is the one that stands out when you think body horror. Uh, it's Cronenberg's best film. Yeah. And definitely. originally, this was going to be a Tim Burton film. No, oh. no, no. So um, we do not want we do not want Johnny Depp as the fly. No. So you can imagine how this would have turned out. You know, eccentric, eccentric fly, Johnny Depp. You know, I think you know he still would have had Gina Davis as she was in Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's where I recognised her from. Yeah, she's from. Yeah, she's right. From, yeah, but you course. know what I mean. I think I'm sure hell the bottom cars are going to talk them around. Not anymore. <laughs> this, I mean this movie, I mean this movie one thing you gotta say about it is you don't just don't eat when you're watching yeah, it. Yeah. Which is what was put up on Twitter actually, yeah. That's, it's just um you know, the, like it's Goldblum's best performance. He's got like his, his yeah. ticks, his eye movement. Kinda reminded me a little bit of uh, Heath Ledger when he was playing the Joker in some yeah. parts. Um, you know, just like little slight slight movements as he, as he slowly turns into uh, into the fly. One thing I will say is the uh, the, the makeup effect by uh, Chris Wallace. Gremlins. It is it is fantastic, but it looks slightly dated now. Uh, obviously, the the, na- the nail and the uh, the teeth scene still yeah. get everyone. Um, and I was watching this with Beth, and she pointed out the the old soundtrack. Um, it took a lot, especially in the latter scenes, as he's you know becoming more into into the creature. Yeah. A lot of monster movie influence from like the the forties, the fifties, yeah. things like that, which he pointed out. Um, and then obviously at the end, um, if you haven't seen it, just fast forward a couple of seconds uh, when he's he's the full full creature and he, he points the uh, the gun at his head for Gina to to, sh- to kill him. Oh. <laughs> It is, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um no, he's still there, he's still there inside the wolf, he's still there inside yeah. the fly, you know. It's very, very similar. Um but overall, you know, it's a masterpiece, it's a horror classic and it's 
probably my favourite remake and probably the best Cron- remake next to the thing. It is Cronenberg's best work. Like, I mean, Cronenberg, he's another guy who just aims to cause controversy. You know, but I think I can't think of a film he's done where there hasn't been a scene in there where you know you just you let you leave the cinema or you leave your living room watching on your TV and think, oh my god, that's disgusting. But that's what Cronenberg's all about. He touches your heart a bit as well, though. <laughs> no, you feel you feel sorry for the, for Al Jack at the end, like. <laughs> well, like Gremlins this is the as one, well. This it's is probably the one. But you're still like you get those little moments. It's, like, it's oh. the one film where James Franco can't say fuck Jeff Goldblum, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely his best performance. Yeah, definitely. By, by, by a mile, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other film I watched was A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Need to see that this week, then. Do check it out. Yeah. yeah, it's directed by Anna Lily Amir Poor, uh, starring Sheila Van Arash Marandi and Marshall Manish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first Western vampire Iranian film ever made. Um, and it's got a, a fresh look on vampire folklore, really. It, it shares the DNA of Let the Right One In, um, as in it's a bit of a gothic fairy tale. Um, it's, it's it's hard to explain unless you see it. it it's got that the same sort same sort of, uh, of feel to it. So it takes place in a fictional um, desolate Iranian town, and Sheila Vand, who's known only as the girl in this film, mm-hmm. Falls for uh, Mirandi and a killer instinct starts to decrease as her feelings grow for him and his cat. Um, the, the cinematography, obviously, we were having a little quick look on this be- before I watched it. Um, the cinematography and the visuals, it's shot in black and white. Um, and the cinematographer was Lyle Vincent. The the visuals are striking, they're fantastic, looks great. Mm-hmm. Airy, atmospheric movie. Uh, and it explores gender roles. Um, it's a, a fusion, really. It's not a straight-up horror film. You know, you've got elements of horror, film noir, and it's pretty the, art housey as well. Fan, like the, the photography on IMDb, you know, the, I think there's like seven photos on there. And yeah. The photography is yeah. absolutely amazing. With the like wide shots it had, as it, well. Like you said, it had a feel of like um, there's a film that with, with Josh Hartnett and Woody Harrelson and <laughs> Bun Raku. Right. But it was the same type of photography, you know, the same type of colours and that. It's absolutely, the pictures are absolutely amazing. Whatever happened to Josh Hartnett? So it, all, it all went down there after Sin City, didn't he? After he got killed off after about three seconds or so. The, uh, the poster boy of the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he got his hair cut, didn't he? <laughs> That's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. The source <laughs> of his powers. He like, was just rocking that Keanu Reeves look for a bit, <laughs> Bill and Ted look for a bit, wasn't he? <laughs> Right, guys, uh, we'll be back right after this with some fun questions. Okay, guys, moving on to fun questions. Um, if you want to ask us anything throughout the week, just give us a shout on Twitter with the hashtag AskJumpScare. Um, and we'll pick out some questions for you and uh, give you a shout out on the podcast first question of the day we've got what horror crossover do we most want to see mm-hmm. great question great question lots of possibilities yeah who wants to go first Beth um, I'm gonna go for Jason X versus Terminator 
Nice. Oh, I need Terminator first one. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. T-800 versus Jason X. It's just a death Metallic. Just two hours of a scrap, that's a little bit. That's, a three hour, that's just a three hour film, then you just scrap it. I'd love that. Right. Back down. Okay. I'd, yeah, I would. That'd be great. That, you know, it's got to be Jason X, though. Uber Jason. Yeah, like... Uber, like With his red eyes. <laughs> yeah, sci-fi Jason versus Arnold versus Big like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I like it myself. That'd be very interesting, that. You could see it. You could see it. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, Coxie, it's going to be hard to top that one. Yeah, yeah. You put a bit of pressure on me. <laughs> uh, I've always liked. I've always. I've always like. Been a fan of the Hellraiser films. You know, I'd like to see one of the big horror icons being crossed over with Hellraiser. You know, whether it's Freddy, Jason, or Michael Myers. You know, I just think Hellraiser gets overlooked most of the time. And it, Maybe because he doesn't appear in the films as much as like Michael Myers, Freddy, and Jason. I think he gets overlooked too much. He definitely does. Yeah. I think he's got a lot. I think Hellraiser could be used a lot more than what he is. I think, considering he, I know, not just because he's from Liverpool and all that, but you know what? I think. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Doug Bradley. Yeah. Right. But uh, I think he. I think even if it's a remake, of just this film, but like I don't know it's on crossover now. I think he needs to be given a. Asking for a remake of Hellraiser. Yes, I am. I'm a big fan of the Hellraiser film, so yeah. If I was going to pick one, it'd be interesting to see how Michael Myers would handle Hellraiser. He's going to have Sam Hale on his side. Yeah, Sam Thorn. The power of Thorn. Yeah, versus Myers, let's do it. Pins and Thorns. It's not the subtitle. Yeah, I'm going to go for Myers versus Pinhead. Okay, again. I think Beth's got us all beat here, to be honest with you. She shouldn't have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> I won the coin toss. <laughs> uh, I had Jason versus Predator, but now it... Well, I did kind of take it from you, because I was like, Jason versus... Uh, I tell you, when you, put the, <laughs> when you put the X after Jason, you know, it just, it the, stakes get, the, the stakes get thrown up. Um, I know... Well, Jason versus Predator. I, it'd probably make more sense if it was Jason X versus Predator as well. Because it you know, crash lands on the planet and all that. Jason's but. confused most of the time anyway, isn't he? Imagine Predator creeping about. Predator, you know, well, you know. <laughs> Predator wins all the time because of yeah. the invisibility. I've said this last week. Yeah, I, well, yeah, going back to Mortal Kombat here now, aren't we? Well, but here's is, 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 is me, is me layout. Obviously, lovely, lovely uh, hot summer, as always. The hottest summers, and uh, you know, Crystal Lake. Want to smoke some? Nice, nice vacation. Yeah, vacation. Mm-hmm. So Predator crashlands. Bam, Crystal Lake. <laughs> Here we go. First off, the the uh, the film you can have Predator just often some Jason gets some it. high kids. Jason gets annoyed. Yeah, just, I thought this bro, is my Predator. It's my my stomping ground, bro. And then uh, you had to just go at, go at each other. I think any, I think any any one of these three would be better than Freddy versus Jason. To be honest, oh, I like, I like Freddy versus Jason. Jason. I've got a soft spot for Freddy versus Jason. It's, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know a couple of a couple of our followers on Twitter were uh, saying critters versus gremlins. Oh, the critters <laughs> underrated film. Yeah, so good. Okay, so would you like to see critters versus gremlins? I'd like to see Chris's versus Mark Wise. Chris's versus Mark <laughs> <laughs> Just like 50 Chris's versus Pinhead. <laughs> Chris's, the, Chris's, the very first Chris's was good. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, you which, know, which, which DiCaprio was in the third yeah, one. Third DiCaprio was in the third. Critters in space, was it? Or? Critters. The first Critters was uh, Billy Zane was in it for a bit. No, Kelly. Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> He's our, our old friend, he, Billy Zane. He, he gets done. In the, I think <laughs> he gets done in the band. Listen the to your, <laughs> But yeah, the Critters was fun. It was a good film. Listen to your friend Billy Zane. <laughs> He's a pretty cool dude. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we were going to be talking about who should play Pennywise. In the it remake, who are we thinking, guys? Uh, well, I, I was I've been, I've been thinking about this all week, and there was only one guy that kept popping into my head. You know when uh, Tim Curry plays him. Tim Curry was a very he was a young actor at the time. Was me when he played Pennywise. So does this up and coming actor now? He's in the new Star Wars film, Adam Driver. Yeah, I and think there's there's rumors of him playing a Sith. Yeah, in, uh, in the episode seven. And he, he had a small role in the Coen Brothers recent film Inside the Well and Davis. This guy is going to be a, such a good actor if he just gets the break he deserves. Maybe Star Wars might be it. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think Cardi Fukunaga's probably got that, already got the man in mind who he wants to play him. Like, But uh, I think Adam Driver, given the opportunity, because he's got this, he's got this, like, presence about him, which I think he could, I think he could pull Pennywise off. Okay. I really do. Okay. Um, I've got a couple of choices, but first, Beth... This is just kind of at the top of my head, but I'm actually thinking Kurt Russell okay. would be a good one. Old school. Mainly Stop. because of his, seeing him in Death Proof. Yeah. Mainly, but when you hear him like screaming in pain, that would be a good little. Yeah, he could be a more more eccentric. You could add a different different take on. on then I'm thinking him as putting him as a Joker because I'm just imagining him in Joker makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you don't know. I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see a different Pennywise in yeah. How Organized, but I don't think we're gonna see a. A, like a clown which you'd expect to see the circus I think we're going to see a more messed yeah. up you know Joker yeah, we, style clown yeah. like, so, like, yeah. like, like clown okay. with scars on his face we're going to see a more demonic okay um, well I had a couple of choices um, each one of them kind of brings something a little bit different uh, having, a, having a little look around online for actors and Paul Giamatti certainly got um, a personality for I him. mean yeah he played Rhino in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, which obviously was a massive, massive flop. But he's got something about him. If you just go and have a little look at him online, he's got like you can just see a bit of a look he's to multi, him. He's multi-talented. Yeah. He's done everything from uh, what from I'd say Rhino, Rhino, and then he played he played uh, one of the monkeys in um, one of the apes. Sorry, in Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Oh God, he hasn't, he got, a good, guy, he he the hasn't got the best track record. He actually, he actually played the guy who keeps the the humans. In, in, incarcerated and he sells them as pets right okay he plays so he is multi-talented you know what I mean he, and he can work the makeup I, I wouldn't be too, too disappointed if they got announced he was playing Pennywise yeah. I, I think he yeah he could have a good shout at um, it yeah um, obviously this is a bit of an easy easy choice to be honest with you um, but we'll give him a fresh break mm-hmm. uh, Jackie L. Haley I know he played Freddy and obviously the remake got panned yes. by critics yeah. and by fans. Um, there's not many, many uh, lovers of that film around. But if you look at him in Rorschach, uh, in Watchmen, he was a redeeming, redeeming character in, in that film. He played it, film. and you know, even even in Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, the film wasn't great. But as a Freddy, obviously not going to beat Robert, but he was he was pretty good. He was intimidating. Think, and He was dark. Yeah, and if we're going for a new dark dark take on on the it remake, you know, then why not? I think anybody who was taking over Robert England as Freddy Krueger was going to get slammed. No matter yeah, what. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. So it was he was just the unfortunate one given the task of trying to you know 
not like say one up Robert England, but you know take on that role. It, I think it was an impossible task in my opinion. Yeah, uh, and then obviously the, the last the last choice is Tim Curry again. Uh, he is Pennywise. Was, was, you know, yeah. seventy now, isn't he? Is, you know, is he sixty, seventy? Yeah, he, he is getting on, but you know, pile of the makeup yeah, on I him. I think. I think if if Carrie Fukunaga wants to do reimagining of it, I think he's got to go with a young, up and coming actor. Yeah. You know, I think you know you got to trust youth these days. You know, there's a lot of young good actors out there, and you know it's time to give them a chance. You know, people like Adam Driver. There's that. There's that guy as well. Uh, What's his name? Jeremy Jeremy Irvine, who's just yeah. been in the, the Woman in Black, Angel of Death. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's young actors out there like that who, you know, they've got to be given the chance to show what they can do. And, you know, this is a perfect film for them to do that. Okay. I actually yeah. think Nicolas Cage could hold well as one. Well. <laughs> oh no, you were doing so his well. Faces. <laughs> I'll accept Kurt Russell, but no, we do I not. Just ima- I'm just thinking of the faces he pulls. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> should have kept his face off in face off. He just does my head in Nicholas Cage. No. You're so you can't... <laughs> That's what I was thinking of actually. Beautiful. Not the bees. <laughs> Not the bees. <laughs> no, but he's ghost rider. Let's leave him at let's leave him to him. He's still riding he's probably still he riding around in LA. For about a year. He, he's in, no, he actually had that film Joe, didn't he? Which meant it's got good reviews like so, but this. Leave them as an internet meme. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Uh, final, final uh, fan question. Best horror soundtrack. Uh, it's a big one for us. We're mm-hmm. massively into our soundtracks. We were talking a little bit about them last week. Yeah. Obviously, the follow soundtracks massive right now. Uh, tough question. We've always just been discussing. Now, do do horror films these days have soundtracks? What Beth mentioned, it's the score now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, back in the old, like, even like the old days, you know, you had your Halloween, your Exorcist, the thing, what's down on the notes there. But this modern day horror, you know, it's like. more the, the use of sound. The use of sound, like The Conjuring, Drag Me to Hell, Sam, like Sam Rocky, brilliant. Violin squeak. Yeah. To accompany jump scares. I mean. See what I've done there. Mm. <laughs> one soundtrack that always makes me feel really dirty for some reason was The Entity. It's just like oh yeah, that bow, 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 bow. you know yeah. that 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 made that makes me. I was put my headphones in the other day, laid on the couch, listened to it, and oh, I have to take the headphones out straight away because it makes yeah. me feel really. It's dirty. just really unnerving, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Obviously, you know, because when you watch the film, you see what 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 what's played over what scene. It just makes <laughs> you feel really dirty. So, what is the best horror soundtrack of all time? Uh, me, most memorable, The Exorcist. Right. You, know, he, you know when he gets out of that uh, when he gets out of the taxi and he stands under that light you know just like the, the airy the airy sound you know over Marin <laughs> you know that yeah The Exorcist is the one that's most memorable for me obviously Psycho as well but you know I go with The Exorcist well thank you Coxie because just on the cut <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> yeah obviously it's gotta be Psycho at Psycho cross between Psycho or Halloween right I go for Psycho. I think the thing with Psycho is it's got more than one memorable yeah. song. You think about yeah. the likes of, of The Exorcist and Halloween, you know, you've just got your one score, but you think of Psycho, it's obviously it's got the most memorable sound in yeah. not only horror cinema, but possibly cinema. Um, but also it's got the... Uh, <laughs> when she's... Uh, <laughs> when um, I liked... Sorry. Oh my god, I forgot her name. 
I've got Janet a t- Lee. Janet Lee. Janet Janet Lee. Lee. I've got a tattooed on my arm. <laughs> and I forgot her name. <laughs> uh, when Janet Lee's driving and um, you know <laughs> waving around. <laughs> 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 Getting an acapella group here. It's not only a podcast. <laughs> you know what I did like. <laughs> we got an orchestra here and all. The soundtrack I did like was Halloween H two O. You know the opening scene when he's talk when you got to, uh, Donald Pleasance like like voiceover. I met this twelve year old boy. When he's walking through the, no, the hospital, that's resurrection. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. H2O is where he's he's gone back to he's gone back to uh, kill Doctor Loomis's old nurse from the very first film. Yeah. And then that was like Doctor Loomis's voiceover with like this soundtrack that plays over it was really. With Josh Hartnett. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and my boy LL Cool J. <laughs> Weird up. You wake my bird. Do you know another one which actually gets me in the heart? Deep blue shit. What a four film. <laughs> Candyman has a really good soundtrack. Well, whether that's more of a score that that just really stood out for me, that. Yeah, I think that. Piano f- in it. Yeah, that, I think that film needed, you know, a really, really creepy score, you know, because that. Tony Todd, is it? Yeah. Like Candyman, I think his voice alone is considered a score. <laughs> his voice alone, it just. Stands made. up there with James L. Jones with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, that it, deep. His deep voice alone voice. Is superb. I liked Candyman. I thought, I you know, do, but, but I think that the score was. Impressive. I think the nineties kind of swallowed it once. Uh, once Scream came out, I think yeah, the nineties kind of kind of forgot about Candyman. It's very similar to the Hellraiser. That doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Yeah, Hellraiser was the uh, was it the early eighties or the late eighties? I think it was early eighties because I think like didn't they release like four Hellraiser films between nineteen eighty eight and nineteen ninety two or something I like that. I think Hellraiser might have been eighty. Yeah. I'm not too sure about I that. I think there was a big gap in between the first and the second one, wasn't there? And then like they released like four or five films in like five years. The Inferno. <laughs> the Inferno. <laughs> and then they, 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 hell on earth. Hell yeah, stupid, you know. What possessed you, Doug? What possessed you? <laughs> um I think like a, a few of my favourites, uh, the thing. Yeah. I love the the dum dum yeah. dum uh, and the thing. Uh obviously Halloween's been mentioned. Um but uh, Jaws, mm. I mean, it's, if you've got Psycho, it's is, probably the most recognisable. If you've got, if you've got Psycho, is the you know the the most famous sort of sound score in 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 cinema. Then Jaws has got to be up there, hasn't it? You yeah. play that, you don't want to be anywhere near water I, when that when that yeah, theme's playing. I think playing. anybody now who's in, even you don't have to be interested in horror. To know what Jaws no, of course not. I mean, a lot of people look at me funny just because, you know, obviously it's not like an, uh, a ruthless, gory film, but people who know me know that I think Jaws is the most perfect and the most effective horror film of all yeah. time. The simple fact that it doesn't matter who you are or where, you know, if you're in the ocean, or I even know people who've been swimming in pools who, who, who think this, What's below as you? soon as they hear that soundtrack in their head, yeah. then they get terrified, and you know, people say, oh, sharks are real, yeah. and, but serial killers are real. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go yeah. into it. You don't go into a house party expecting for Ghostface to jump out on you. So why should you go into the ocean and wait for I'm a jump? Sure sure. been to some funny parties. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to say, well done to Jay for actually getting that April Fool's across. He had me fooled for like the whole morning. Oh, God, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I, I spent the whole morning trying to find news and information about this remake. Ridiculous. Uh, if you didn't catch Fair it, play. guys. <laughs> thank you, thank you. 
if you didn't catch it, um, I put up a few po- a few uh, photos around on some of our social media pages. I even <laughs> I've got too much time on me, and you wouldn't think I own another company. Oh, no. um, I marked up my own poster, little teaser poster of Jaws. Um, don't go back. What what was it? Go go back into the water. Yeah. Summer twenty sixteen. Doors get commissioned though. I think you should make all the posters everything because it fills us. <laughs> it was a cool little poster. Actually. Yeah. We're gonna, we will get the blame now, you know, because I think that's good. people in Hollywood are going to see it now. Oh my god, this is a good idea. This it's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. I'm telling you. Like By twenty seventeen, Back to the Future and Jaws will be coming. As long as they don't make Jaws a super shy like in Deep Blue Sea, like what we just mentioned Jaws before. X. <laughs> Jaws X. Did that Jaws X. Jaws X. Jaws X. Just Terminator. <laughs> that shark recognised that gun. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's, it's not happening as far as we We've know. We've got anything. to stick together. Fucking hell. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson will somehow get in that film and it's remade. He's in everything. <laughs> but yeah, it's not happening anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Fair play, that was good. Unless you've planted a seed. <laughs> not who you know it's who you blow <laughs> right guys uh, that's it for all our fan questions today coming up next we've got the winner of our Bloodborne competition guys uh right moving on to the announcements of our bloodborne competition in case you missed it this week was our first competition uh we'll be trying to run competitions each week to give you guys a chance to win some free prizes uh this week was your chance to win a copy of bloodborne on the playstation 4 just came out the other week we had a lot of entrants for this on twitter instagram and on facebook so we'd like to thank you all for that um, everyone who entered, you know, if you didn't win this week, try your luck next week. It's only a retweet. We don't ask you to do much for it. Just a retweet and a follow or a like. And um, you could be in with a chance to win some some new horror match. Uh, so we are proud to announce that the winner this week is Darren uh, at DPWrite79 on Twitter. Um, so congratulations on that, man. We'll get your Bloodborne um, game sent out on the PlayStation shortly. And this week, um, we will be giving you an opportunity to win $65 worth of limited edition horror comics. So stay, stay tuned on social media for more details on how to win that. Okay, guys, that's it for episode two. Beth, did you enjoy your first podcast? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from you and your ruthless reviews yes, in the I next wish. coming weeks. Coxie? Yeah, you know, really enjoyed it, you know. We're getting more into it now, you know. Episode 3 is going to be even better. Hopefully we'll have more people guest spotting and that, you know. And yeah, we've we've uh, we've had a few people reaching out to us. Yeah. And uh, we will be having some guest spots in the future. If you want to jump on with us, uh, even if it's over... A Skype call, you know, we can pre-record you on that for all our our listeners overseas. Yes. Um, but, yeah, just before we go, let me give a quick shout-out to Laura, who is designing three new T-shirts for us at the moment. They're looking and sounding amazing. So if you need any cool artwork done, hit her up on Twitter, at Laura Von Burns. And also, um, 
proud to announce that we're doing a lot of work with Devil Works, who are a great independent production company. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Devil Works Sales and online at www.devilworks.eu. We'll be talking about their film Time Lapse next week and a few others. Um, if you'd like us to review any of your work, advertise any of your work, or if you'd just like to play your music at the start of the podcast, please get in touch over Twitter at JumpScareUK. Uh, make sure you follow us, rate us, subscribe to us, and interact with us. We are now on iTunes, so it'd mean the world if you could give us some good reviews and subscribe to us, get us further up in those charts. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks very much, guys. Bye. See you next week. Bye now.